This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pramat, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. Today is Thursday, June 17th. New jobless claims are up, food delivery app downloads are down, and we're focused on DC's newest effort to rein in big tech. Last week, House lawmakers introduced a series of five bipartisan bills to curb the power of big tech. No specific companies get mentioned by name in any of the legislation, but it's pretty clear that the targets are Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google. In a few moments, we'll hear from Representative David Cicilline, chair of the House Antitrust Committee and a sponsor on most of these bills, who I spoke with last night. But first, let's quickly break down what happens if the full quintet becomes law. For Apple, it would be forced to change how it operates the App Store. For Amazon, it could break up control of its lucrative marketplace. Google could be forced to sell YouTube. And Facebook, well, for Facebook, it would become much harder to buy smaller rivals. And yeah, that's a sort of new antitrust rule that would impact all big tech companies. But Facebook is kind of the king of the beneficial acquisition, if you think about Instagram and WhatsApp. The bottom line is that Congress is finally beginning to act after several years of talking about how big tech companies have become, well, become too big. What I wanted to better understand now is how Congress plans to get these bills over the finish line in the face of opposition from Silicon Valley, plus in the midst of Congress trying to pass those big infrastructure bills and a recent bipartisan bill intended to bolster our tech sector's ability to compete with China. We'll discuss all of this and more with Congressman Cicilline. But first, this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We're joined now by Congressman David Cicilline of Rhode Island. Congressman, you have been holding hearings on big tech for a while. Why release this group of bills now at this moment, particularly when Congress is working, for example, on big you know, infrastructure and jobs bills? This set of bills was a, a product of the investigation that we did in the last Congress. As you know, we did a 16-month investigation, a top-to-bottom review of the state of competition in the digital marketplace. During that investigation, we had seven congressional hearings. We produced or reviewed nearly 1.3 million internal documents and communications. There were 38 submissions from 60 antitrust experts and interviews with more than 240 market participants. We then generated a final report that was about 500 pages that found that Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google each hold monopoly power over significant sectors of the economy. We made a set of recommendations in that report for ways to restore uh, competition in the digital marketplace. And now uh, in this Congress, we began the work of crafting legislation to respond to the recommendations in the report. And this first set of bills was really the first suite of bills in response to that set of recommendations. You say this first set of bills. Are there more bills to follow? There are more bills to follow. 
All right. So let me ask, let me ask about the first ones then. So you've proposed five so far rather than say a single comprehensive one. And it kind of seems like each one targets a different company without explicitly saying so. You've said this is a strategic decision to release five as opposed to one. What is the strategy? These bills don't uh, target a particular company. They target a set of practices. They, they target the anti-competitive behavior of large platforms that use their market power to maintain their dominance, that crush competitors, acquire competitors, exclude uh, competitors, favor their own products and services, and engage in other self-preferencing or anti-competitive behavior. So we introduced five separate bills uh, in part because we wanted to really address different kinds of conduct and also because each of these bills has a Republican and Democratic lead. So each of them has a champion. And so in terms of fighting for their passage, it spreads out that responsibility. It's also, I think, more effective than putting them all in one bill and giving the, these large technology companies the ability to focus their attention uh, and opposition really to one piece of legislation and instead have several pieces. You met with Speaker Pelosi tonight. Did these bills come up in the meeting? We had a crescendo meeting. Uh, no, this the meeting tonight, these these bills did not come up, uh, although that's not unusual. This is uh, kind of the work of the Judiciary Committee, so they wouldn't necessarily come to the Speaker's attention yet. You said yet. Do you have any indication from the Speaker that she would support these and, and bring them to the floor? Well, I mean, the Speaker has always uh, respected the committee process. I mean, I, I don't uh, wouldn't presume to know her position on these bills, but she's been very supportive of the work of the Antitrust Subcommittee of our investigation We'll continue to work through the legislative process, uh, mark them up in committee, and hopefully bring them to the floor for a vote. When might they come to the floor if they are? Is that this summer? Is that in the fall? That will be a judgment for the speaker. Do you have a guess? No, I mean, we we haven't voted them out of committee yet, so it really depends on the kind of the other parts of the calendar. Do you have any kind of broader concerns that kind of targeting our largest tech companies, the largest U.S. tech companies, could make it harder for America to compete with China on technology? No, it's to the contrary. I mean, we want uh, American companies to have the ability to compete. Uh, we want to ensure that we're providing opportunities for increased innovation. Competition improves quality. It improves innovation. It gives greater consumer choice. And so we want this marketplace to work. Competition is good. We can't really unleash the full power of American ingenuity when everyday Americans uh, are competing with uh, big tech's foot on their throats. And we heard lots and lots of evidence from the course of the investigation how the monopoly power of these large technology platforms was reducing innovation, was making it harder for small businesses and entrepreneurs to grow businesses. So we want this marketplace to work properly. Competition is good, um, but these powerful corporations are controlling access to key channels of distribution in the digital economy. And they're using their enormous market power to spy on rivals, to copy products, to buy out competitors. Those are not things that produce innovation and competition and better choice for consumers. So we have got to do this so American companies can compete successfully in a global economy. I'm curious, though, you know, Facebook, for example, is very important to a lot of entrepreneurs, both technological and not. And you do have a lot of startups that build on top of some of these platforms. What would you say to them? Well, it's important that we create space for the next Facebook and the next Amazon and the next Google. And you can only do that if you can have competition. Look, we have decided as a country that competition is good public policy. It improves quality. It improves choice. 
It promotes innovation. It benefits consumers. And so the arguments that these big technology platforms are making are the same things monopolists have made throughout our history. Oh, it's better if we're bigger. But the truth is we know that competition is better for the economy. It creates more jobs. It allows more innovation. It's better for consumers. So, you know, we want to make space for other great companies to grow and survive and compete on a level playing field. I know you said that these bills aren't specifically aimed at certain companies, but I will tell you from reading them, they seem kind of aimed at these four particular companies, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. So I guess my question is, should Microsoft feel like it dodged a bullet here, particularly since it just did a massive acquisition, bigger than what any of these other companies have done? Yeah, I I don't know whether um, Microsoft would meet the test that is set forth in these five bills, Uh, but there's a market cap of $600 billion adjusted to inflation. There's a monthly user uh, threshold that has to be met, and they have to also be determined to be a critical trading partner with a very specific understanding of what that is. So that ultimately would be up to an enforcement agency to determine whether or not a particular company meets this standard. Our investigation centered around four companies in particular, but these are companies that have tremendous market dominance that meet that test. There are likely others, and they certainly won't be the only ones forever, but they, it's really their market concentration and that combination of monthly users, a market cap, and being a critical trading partner that we think is the right test to subject itself to the limitations that these bills uh, propose. But when it comes to market cap, Microsoft is bigger than some of these companies. Yeah, that's right. I don't think you. I don't think it's it's clear. I don't think it's clear one way or the other that Microsoft it does not is not covered by these statutes. Again, that will ultimately be a determination made by the enforcers to determine whether it's a covered platform. You know, there may be some uh, argument that certain companies are or not, but we set forth a very clear test in each of the bills. Two final questions. Those four companies that you just mentioned, uh, they're also being currently investigated by both DOJ and FTC, actually split up. How would these bills, if they became law, impact those investigations? Well, I don't think they would. I mean, the enforcement agencies have a different responsibility. They are engaged in investigations and have an enforcement responsibility to determine if a particular company by a particular conduct have violated existing antitrust laws. What Congress's responsibility is, is not an enforcement uh, vehicle, but we provide or put forth broad policy. So we have very different functions. They are an enforcement agency. We set policy. So although our work is complementary, the enactment of additional antitrust legislation won't impact those investigations. Congressman, final question for you. Uh, As you said, there isn't yet a plan to bring these to the floor. Do you have any concerns that the legislative process could be too slow to adequately respond to companies that are able to move so incredibly quickly? No. I mean, we spent uh, 16 months studying this marketplace so that we get this right. We wanted to be sure we understood this marketplace. I think we we generated a report, which I think demonstrates a deep understanding of the digital marketplace, and we wanted to be sure we did it right. And so we took the time to craft legislation, to build bipartisan support, and the bills that we've introduced will make a meaningful difference in helping to prevent these companies from engaging in anti-competitive behavior, from crushing and acquiring competitors, from favoring their own products and services, and from using their market dominance to uh, exclude others and continue to grow their dominance and grow their monopoly power. So I think the the products that we have developed show a deep understanding of this marketplace and are going to make a real difference. And I don't have any fear that, you know, the legislative process takes the, what time the legislative process takes. Congressman David Cicilline of Rhode Island, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Welcome back. 
What we're watching today is the Supreme Court, which for the third time has rejected a legal effort to end the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare. This was a case brought by a group of Republican attorneys general and supported by the Trump administration. In short, they argued that the court originally upheld Obamacare's individual mandate because it was part of Congress's taxing power. But since Congress later erased the penalty for being uninsured, i.e. the tax, the mandate became unconstitutional and the rest of the law had to fall along with it. But the justices, including Trump nominees Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett, threw out the lawsuit, ruling 7-2 that the plaintiffs were unable to prove they would suffer any injury from some form of ACA remaining in effect. Uh, Before finishing up, two other Supreme Court notes. First, the court today also ruled unanimously that foster care agencies have a First Amendment right to turn away same-sex couples and that local governments can't refuse to work with those agencies. Second, looking ahead, we are still awaiting a major ruling on voting rights, which could allow some states to establish greater limits on poll access. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Naomi Shaven, Sabina Singani, and Alex Sugiara. Please be sure to leave us a review. And if you're not already subscribing or following the podcast, do so. Have a great national Eat Your Vegetables Day. And we'll be back tomorrow, a bit earlier than usual, with another Axios Recap.